So joining me today is Corinne Pereira, founder and chief storyteller of sandstories.org. And she has also been featured in the award-winning documentary, Sand Wars. So I just want to say welcome again, and thank you for taking the time to join me today. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Okay, so um, before you started um, studying in the UK, to get a better understanding of what um, sand mining was, um, you grew up in Bangalore, India. And you okay. said that, and you said that you know you witnessed some of the the effects of sand mining. Um, at the time, what was your understanding of it? I didn't quite. Um, so at the time when I witnessed it, I was really, really, really little. <laughs> witnessed the impacts rather than sand mining itself. Right. Um, but as I grew up, I knew, I always knew that water was a topic that's very close to my, very dear to my heart, and um, I read reports about. Um, rivers being decimated because of sand mining and that's when the um, realization hit me because sand is such an essential commodity um, mm-hmm. 60 to 75 percent of concrete is sand and gravel um, right. when you talk about glass about 70 percent of the batch composition of any glass is silica sand mm-hmm. um, at the same time um, you know, it's, sand is sourced from very sensitive places sometimes. Right. Um, and so this kind of contrast got to me. And you're talking about, you know, the, the environmental effects of sand mining, um, which, which is definitely, you know, it's devastating to the environment. And some companies don't realize that, you know, when they go to these third world countries and dredge up the sand, they don't realize that it's, you know, impacting the environment. So I want to talk about India specifically because that's known for its sand mafia and, uh, you know, just the brutal conditions that that they have to go through to dredge up the sand. So even though we know about it, you know, um, so India is known for its sand mafia, as we know, um, and journalists or, or anyone who tries to go near them, they're putting themselves in danger or at risk, sometimes death or, you know, any injury or any sort of um, anything like that. So even though we know about it, what what do you think is at stake for these sand miners if they're exposed or even if the government is exposed? What do you think is at risk for them? For the sand miners? Yes. Yep. End of business, I suppose. Right. Uh, because it's such a such a, such a, such an essential commodity if there's no sand there's no concrete there's no it's yeah, as simple as exactly. that exactly um so it it, it really is a, and at, at, at the same time i guess um it's not a topic of conversation in everyday conversation like mm-hmm. how many people talk about sand in their daily lives not enough really, not enough. really it's it's not i guess the only time we talk about sand is when we're thinking of or planning a summer holiday along the beach or mm-hmm. you know some some uh, that sort of thing um so yeah the contrast because it's such an essential commodity yet it's not talked about mm, not talked about enough um yes, certainly. and then you know at the beginning of this year actually in january the government of india released you know these guidelines um the you know where they would check on illegal sand mining activity you know of the ongoing legal illegal activity that's going on um, and, they, you know, they said that the purpose of this is to push for online sales as well and to make the process more transparent in a way. How effective do you think this will be, you know, considering that 
the Indian government hasn't really, you know, implemented guidelines in the past? Um, so technology can be enormously helpful, and I truly believe that. Uh, it, it can um, help us drive change faster. Mm -hmm. At the same time, uh, I'm not naive enough to believe that, you know, uh, technology can solve it all because you do right. need, the fundamentals have to be in place today. Just this, just today, uh, I tweeted something about um, electronic uh, auctions happening in the eastern state of Bihar. Mm. Uh, and these sand mining auctions are just a joke because the people who won the auctions were had absolutely no experience in sand mining right. or the care needed to uh, to ensure there's no damage. Uh, uh, somebody in the alcohol business, somebody who had a pharmacy, somebody mm -hmm. who, so, you know, so technology won't solve it all if you don't root out corruption in the first place. So that's where we need to begin. Um, I do believe there's growing awareness. Um, there are uh, people are coming together and there's definitely potential for change. Um, and, you know, follow up to that, why, why do you think, um, you know, the Indian government has taken so long to, to um, recognize that this has been going on in their country? I, I don't think it's just the Indian government, because, uh, okay. for example, let's talk about the uh, Geological Society of, uh, you know, in the UK. Right. It's the oldest known, you know, it's been around from the 1800s, yet mm -hmm. the they hosted a, a, a session on sand mining in 2019. Mm. So this, this is a topic that is uh, gaining attention now. So it's, I don't think it's right to point to one government. Okay. I, I think across the world, uh, we are beginning to sit up and take notice at just the vast scale of resources that we are consuming. Uh, our demand as populations grow, as uh, you know, urbanization increases pace, as uh, consumption patterns shift. So these are big, big changes that affect uh, you know, many, many, many countries across the world. Mm. And uh, you know, I, I, I did some research as well, and I'm, I'm, and I'm looking at some of these countries, you know, third world countries that are sort of cutting ties with bigger countries, you know, from, to avoid exportation of sand. Um, one of them, some of them are, you know, Indonesia, Vietnam, Cambodia, last year it was Malaysia that, that sort of, you know, restricted their, they're saying, no, you know, we're not gonna, we're not gonna export sand anymore because it's definitely not good for, for us. Um, you know, that, that's a first step, you know, to, to cut ties with, with bigger countries who are benefiting from that. Um, is that, you know, is that a good enough step, you know, considering the collateral, collateral damage um, of the environmental destruction that has already taken place in these third world countries? Uh, so it, it's definitely one of the steps. Uh, I think, um, so sand is extracted for a wide variety of purposes. Right. Uh, the three main ones are for uh, construction. Mm -hmm. uh, the second one is for uh, the minerals that we use in our everyday life, you know, right. um, minerals that go into paints and papers and plastics and mm, makeup. Yeah, <laughs> they come from sand um, and uh, energy generation. So depending on the kind of sand, so it's not the same kind of sand that, and that's important to understand. It's not the same kind of sand that goes into all of these. It's just 
it's very very specific depending mm. on the uh, case um yes it's a good it's a good thing that um uh you know countries are sitting up and taking notice um and um yeah it, it, it i think responsibility also has to come from from buyers who buy sand uh, you can't just say that this is a commercial transaction you know regulation has to happen at the at that country because mm -hmm. that kind of uh, an argument could be said about i don't know if you think about ivory perhaps you know when you buy ivory you know it's wrong you know that there's mm. you know what has happened at the at the other end so you can't buy it and say oh responsibility is at that end not at ours right. you know irresponsibility is a is a two-way street it has to work both ways so mm. Um, you know, and we've, we've talked about, you know, the environmental effects as well of, of what this, of what dredging does, illegal dredging does to the environment, you know, this, the, one of the, one of the effects is, you know, the sand beaches, they're disappearing mm -hmm. and they're probably going to be, you know, the sand from the beaches, they're probably going to be disappearing in the next couple of years or even, you know, quicker than that. I want to talk to you about something that I that I came across, you know, in Bali, which is, I would say, also like a third world country, not very, not very rich um, in resources. They've, they did, the government has developed a plan where they're going to um, build, you know, 12 artificial islands similar to Dubai, you know, we've seen Dubai's artificial islands. Um, and so they're going to, they're, they're thinking of developing this as well you know, with tourist attractions such as, you know, golf courses, amusement parks, that sort of thing. And the government says, you know, this is a this is good. This is actually good for the economy, the, the economical side of things, despite, you know, the, the terrible um, side effects, the environmental side effects. How do you argue with that logic of the economic side of things? Uh, I think it's important to step back uh, and, and look at, human civilization i think we've accompanied we've accomplished a great deal of things right um right. because we are an extremely creative uh we we can collaborate with each other um so it is possible to build without sand it is possible mm. to um you know seek solutions that are sustainable right um so yes 70 percent of the beaches across the world are in retreat um but they there's still time it's not that they they won't disappear in the next two years i promise yeah. <laughs> so you know they, we still have some more time to turn the tide right. um the way we act now i think is crucial it can have huge impact on future generations it can have huge impact on our uh, on biodiversity um, so there's there's really a huge potential for change if you get our act together now. Mm. And do you think, you know, with these big corporations that are, you know, that are really, really greedy for sand, you know, say, for instance, the mafia in India or Singapore, do you think the greed for sand commodities and trade, do you think that outweighs the chance of a sustainable future? I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a very fatalistic way of thinking. I, I, right. I surely hope not. Um, I think with greater awareness and with, you know, uh, more coordinated action, I, I think there's a way to, you know, to, to combat this. Mm. And, you know, you've, you've touched on this, the, the solutions of, of um, 
sand mining, you know, constructing construction with with uh, reusable materials, you know, like um, for instance, they were saying like straw is also good a good sustainable resource. Um, you know, in Africa, for example, they've they've already built um, you know these huts that are made out, out of straws, which lasted for years and years. Why do you think um, you know richer countries, you know, like Singapore? How come they're not looking to these third world countries? For sustainability, sustainability efforts, or are they? You know, do they, do you think they're they're looking to the other side of the world or other countries? So I think I think um, you know people are exploring different solutions. So you'll find a lot of uh, timber skyscrapers coming up in in uh, you know in different parts of the world right. uh, people are looking at how they can use rammed earth for example um, you know instead of depending on concrete because concrete mm -hmm. is a huge huge contributor to climate change um, a production of cement for example is responsible for eight percent of global carbon emissions so it's really massive they say if concrete were a country for example it would be the third largest emitter of carbon uh, greenhouse gases. So, uh, so you find a lot, of, uh, a lot of solutions in the natural building sector. And yes, people are, um, I, I think what has happened is given, given you know, the way the world has developed and colonialism and all of, <laughs> all of that right. that has happened in the past, I think um, uh, concrete has become the dominant way of building uh, mm -hmm. it's become a symbol or at least had become a symbol of progress and you know things that were modern and things like that right. um, but there, there there are plenty of developments plenty of examples to show that this is changing slowly but surely mm. and i you know i i i hope to see it because i don't i'm not really sure which <laughs> you know which countries are actually you know using um re um and sustainable materials if you can if you can give a, give me an example for instance like it, are there any countries that are that you've seen that are actually you know going forward with with sustainability efforts yes uh, switzerland for example is doing uh, is doing a tremendous amount in terms of using recycled uh, sand and gravel okay uh, for all their concrete um, so they insist on you know using um, cement with low low carbon emissions um, uh, and, and it may not be happening at countrywide scale, but definitely you find pockets of individual architectural practices or, you know, maybe even smaller counties within governments sitting up and taking notice and taking action. Um, and these kind of examples are, are really, you'll find them in so many places. Um, yeah, I think there are... Uh, wooden skyscrapers being built in Canada as well. <laughs> you know, there's some being built in the Netherlands and uh, there are so many examples, really. Mm. And, you know, um, sand mining is, is definitely, you know, like you said earlier, it's not something that we, that we talk about enough, mm. Um, mm. especially in countries that are already doing this. Um, why do you think, you know, that we're, we're kind of oblivious to this subject? Why do you think that we're not aware of it enough? 
that's a million dollar question. <laughs> I don't know, you tell me. <laughs> I've been obsessed with this topic for the last 10 years. I can't right. think of anything other than sand. So <laughs> what, what do you think? What is what your thoughts on what? There's, you know, there's issues going on in the world, you know, climate change, there's, you know, everything else we have, but I'm not yeah. sure, I, I actually don't know myself, you know, I think maybe we don't have enough media coverage, we don't have enough, you know, what you're doing is, is, is amazing, but I feel as though we need more of that, we need more resources, we need more um, awareness of, of what we can do to to know more about it so i'm not i'm not sure myself i that's why i, I asked you because maybe you would know but thank you so much um no yeah i couldn't agree more with you it definitely we definitely need more coverage uh i, I suppose people think it's just sand what is there to talk about but it's so there are, i mean it's you can it's linked to so many different things it's just incredible i don't think i would ever get bored of sand there's just mm. there's just an I mean, I'm writing a book about it, so it's like, and I really, really struggle with what to leave out because it's just, you know, it's just there's there are so many, uh, so many different angles to look at it. You can talk about how it links to democracy. You can talk about how it links to human rights. You can talk about how it links to climate change. You can talk about how it links to biodiversity. It's, it's just, uh, yeah. Mm, there's there's a lot there's a lot there's of a lot. different there's there's a lot lot of avenues back, to go sure. with it. yeah but i definitely i definitely agree with that um and you've mentioned just now you've mentioned you're writing a book or is it already it will be published next month so next fingers month. crossed <laughs> okay next month okay so in this book um tell me a little bit about what you know you you, you talk about i've read i read it briefly on your website it's it's basically you know um stories about people that that have experienced um you know the first-hand effects of sand mining and also the long-term solutions that you've penned in your book can you talk more about um who the audience is for this book so the the book presents a big picture overview and okay. i deliberately wanted to uh um so it's not it's not written for a specialist audience you don't need to be an architect or a or an engineer or a you know, a specialist researcher in order to read the book. My hope is that anybody who's interested will be able to pick it up um, and, and read through. It is quite detailed. So for if somebody is so inclined to research further, they will find plenty of resources. But even if they aren't, they'll find plenty to talk about in, a, in when they meet up with friends or, you know, uh, uh, or family, things like that. Mm. Um, so it really offers a big picture overview of sand mining in across a wide variety of contexts. It talks about sand used in construction, it talks about mineral sand mining, it talks about sand used for fracking, um, you know, things like that. So I've divided the book into three sections. The first section talks about how deeply sand is embedded in our lives. Um, the second section talks about the impacts of indiscriminate mining and offers a really a big picture how everything is connected to everything kind of a, uh, you know way, way. And the third section, which is the biggest section of the book, talks about solutions, both immediate and um, long term. So uh, I've interviewed people, uh, you know, who are doing some great things, and I think they really there really are solutions that they need to be scaled up fast. So yeah, that's the hope uh, mm. for the book. And and you said it's it's going to be released next month, hopefully. 
<laughs> yes. Hopefully. <laughs> if things go to plan, then November 24th. If not, then December 1st at the very latest. So. <laughs> okay, that, that, that's great because so, I, look, I, I look forward to reading it as well. Let the, let's hope the technology gods smile on this yes. book. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so these are, it should be published soon. So, you know, aside from, from the work that you're doing and the, and the book that's going to be published soon, mm -hmm. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you, you know, how can we get people to care about sand mining, in your opinion? Ask them, first and foremost, if they know it's a non-renewable resource. Mm. If they know that it takes thousands and thousands of years to form, sometimes even millions of years to form, um and and just you know become interested in uh, in in how many products it is used uh you know so if you if you're if you look around everybody has been on zoom right right uh, and so a, a quick question what's the most popular wall color you've seen mm. it wouldn't be, question. wouldn't be like a like a sand like a neutral neutral color <laughs> yeah sort of it's likely that you would have seen white or light colors and this right. this product it comes from a mineral derived from sand mm. you know it's everywhere around it's everywhere you. So, yeah so there's there's uh there's plenty to find out if you're interested hmm well that's i i feel like there's a lot too because you know with with the media and with the internet there's so much there's so much information to to know about what sand mining really is um and i and i feel like people should should be aware of it definitely mm -hmm. um, yeah I, th I think because we we're building a society that today cares about where their stuff is coming from right we don't want uh, for example palm oil we don't want products that 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 use palm oil because they're destroying rainforests in Indonesia and mm. Malaysia and all these places. Uh, we care about bananas being transported halfway across the world. We should care about concrete because it, it builds. Right. If you look around you, it's, it's everywhere. It, it, regardless of the country you're in, it's everywhere. And the kind of volumes that we're talking about, it's more than anything you can think about. So mm. sand is, uh, you know, is the most consumed solid substance on earth so there's definitely uh, a lot to unpack there hmm. well I, I i look forward to your book that's that's going to come out next month and i hope people can can um get a chance to read it when it does come out um and then also you're you're the chief storyteller of sandstories.org which i encourage people to check out because it does have resources links um to what to what you're advocating for as well. Um, Karen, I want to thank you for your time. I really appreciate your time today. And I just hope that, you know, that you continue, you continue your work and uh, we look forward to what you have um, going for you in the future. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me.